this is Amy Impelizari, host of Tall Poppy Writers Presents I Know How This Book Ends, where we deep dive into the story behind the stories of the biggest books out this year. Today, I am so excited to have a fellow Tall Poppy writer, Sonali Dev, with me. Sonali is the author of among other amazing books, the, her newest novel, which is called Incense and Sensibility. We're going to talk about that and more. Sonali, welcome. Hi, Amy. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So, Sonali, I'm so grateful that uh, our paths have crossed through the Tall Poppy Writers. I was a reader and a fan of yours before we got to meet, but we met we met in real life a couple of years ago now, um, in Chicago at PoppyCon, when before before the world was closed, when we used to be able to meet annually, and we would meet usually in Chicago or New York, and um, when you and I met at our, at PoppyCon a couple of years ago, we've been tall poppy writers together for a number of years. Um, tell tell me talk a little bit about the tall poppy writers for those of you who don't know. It's a, a marketing co op. Uh, we're about 40 women writers nationally. We write in a variety of genres. We represent a cross-section of publishing houses. And we're the only author-driven marketing cooperative that exists. It's a very uh, pioneering group. We we fundraise for literacy groups and children's and women's um, empowerment programs. And it's been a really special experience for me. But what about you, Sonali? Can you talk a little bit about your experience with the Tall Poppy Writers? Yeah, absolutely. And I really miss those poppy cons. I know. <laughs> I, I love miss our live meetings that. so much. I know. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I think our listeners should know that it's this gorgeous um, mansion in uh, in Chicago, that's like such an interesting, almost like snapshot of history sort of place. Yeah. So it's perfect for um for a group of authors to meet. But yeah. um but, but definitely I think what we um what we do is is quite amazing, right? Which is essentially support each other and um and kind of um, you know, this is a really lonely journey. Yes. Um, writing. And um, yes. And it's a very baffling journey, I think, in, uh, you know, in recent times with um, social media and something about marketing um, and just basically the publishing industry changing every day. Yes, so, every day. That's to, an accurate description yeah. of it. That's the most accurate description I've <laughs> heard in a long time. Yeah. <laughs> and it feels more accurate, you know, now when mm-hmm. we're kind yes. of... Uh, unable to go to bookstores and libraries and you know and 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 so it's taken an already baffling market and made it more baffling but um but yeah to have um you know other other humans um who are um you know of like mind of like passion right because we all right uh, you would have to um I mean I don't think this is a thing anyone can do unless they love it beyond right. all reason so writing um is certainly not i think something um writing for publication is not, not it cannot be done unless you know your ba- passion exceeds your sense <laughs> so i completely that- agree and i've been talking with friends about that too who are jaded becoming jaded becoming skeptical and and asking the question should i still be doing this and i keep saying if you're asking that question 
then the answer is probably no, because it's the kind of thing you, you, you do because you have to do it and it becomes so. Yeah. But I, I I think that there's the other side to it that how can you not question? And, and I think the the thing to me is that, that I don't, I mean, I, I don't know an author who doesn't question. I mean, no matter how you might have phases when you, are like, oh, phew, thank heavens I did this. But yes. I don't know a single author who doesn't think that the time has come maybe to, you know, hand it all in and say, okay, maybe this is not for me. And, um, you know, because that's the that's the reason why this is challenging on a daily basis, because yes, not, it's yeah, I mean, just, it, it it's overwhelmingly challenging and, and mm-hmm. on many levels. And one of those levels is your work. So getting the yes. words down, getting yes. a story out is, you know, like birthing something every day and yes. then add this whole marketing end, which is, which falls on most author's shoulders today. Yes. And mm-hmm. that's in both those things, I think a group like um, the Doll Poppy Writers becomes incredibly uh, important because from helping each other with things like titles and, uh, you know, and, and plotting help. Uh, mm-hmm. to helping each other with you know questions about the industry editors yes. and agents and you know whatnot to helping each other with actually getting the word out and trying to find yes. more innovative ways of doing that and um because and, it's and, a ridiculously hard way to make a living there's so many easier ways to make a living than yes. this and no so Yes. Yes. <laughs> no and so you have to love it. You have to be so passionate about it that you're willing yeah. Yeah. to yeah. really. Yeah. Uh, your passion yeah. does have to exceed your sense. <laughs> so uh, and, passion and, has to exceed your sense. That's yeah. exactly right. <laughs> so, so, so I think the tall puppies, um, like any, uh, you know, loving, wonderful uh, group of women supporting yeah. each other and also writing, um, yes. share that, share that. <laughs> <laughs> the issue of having that same mentality. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it's, you know, it's, it's important to, to scale. It's important to broaden your reach. And uh, the business model of publishing is so fascinating, right? Because you work for so long on a product with such a low pro- price point, <laughs> you really have to scale and find people who can really amplify the, the, your voice. Yeah. It's truly so, about volumes, right? And then, uh, the, yeah somewhere between the one reader at a time and uh you need a hundred thousand readers right right (laughs) somewhere somewhere in between there is success yes (laughs) (laughs) so so let's talk about your writing career so you I know that your writing career is something you've come to um you know, after some time of doing freelance writing, of traveling, of mothering, and um, what what was it that, were you always a writer? As a child, did you want to be a writer? Tell me about your journey that you decided it's time for me to make things up for a living. So, so yes, I have. So to me, I think originally writing was more about just expression. So just, mm. um, I mean, I was a a, a talkative child I was branded um you know branded a oh gosh hold on um is that did my dogs barking just get this oh it's okay I don't hear them but even if we do we always have a little a dog barking here or there <laughs> and now that I have uh interrupt you know broken the fourth wall 
I think I misunderstood. Did you did you ask me if I had headphones for my computer or for my phone? For the phone. Okay. Yeah. No, I don't. I, I do have That's some okay. for my computer. So okay. <laughs> no, so, don't worry about that. Okay, I'm gonna come back to, <laughs> to answering your question. So, so writing for me um was what uh, was about being able to speak my mind was about continuously having um more opinions than I could contain. So for, you know, as, um, as far back as I can remember as a child, I wrote, I wrote about everything I was seeing about everything I was thinking, um, as, as early as I could read and watch movies, I was writing reviews for, you know, everything that I processed. So it was really about expression, you know, and, um, about, were you the little girl who is walking in the room and sort of narrating the scene? Yes. I was that little girl too. I love that. You know, and, and sitting on my parents' balcony, uh, in, you know, in, um, in Bombay, in Mumbai and, and just making up couplets about like birds in the tree in front of me and the people walking by downstairs. And, you know, um, so, so it was, I had to, I had to say things that was an issue I had. And that's what writing was about. I think, I, you know, I wrote plays in school very young and all of that, but I wasn't really, it wasn't so much, I told stories more naturally. I didn't think about the fact that I was telling stories and making them up in my head, but I was yes. thinking very much about writing as a, this is how I get to say everything I want to say. Yes. And so, um, so I've always written and, um, you know, s- smartly or <laughs> not, um, I, I knew young or, you know, the world around me was telling me that this was not the most sensible way or the most mature <laughs> way to feed yourself. And, and you grew up, you grew up in India. I grew up in India. And, mm-hmm. um, and so I went to college. I have a degree in architecture. And, mm-hmm. um, but, but, you know, even through architecture school, it was, I was always getting yelled at by my professors to use sketches, not words and, oh. you know, and, and the like. <laughs> and so a year after working in an architect's office I think um you know I I was um this is the strangest story but I had just had my heart broken and when I um have that happen I kind of want to do something to get my power back I've always been like that like you know you fall and then you just want to kind of punch out and do something big and so I was like, I need to do something with my life. And um, I, I, I'm not really loving what I do. And what would my uh, dream job be? And the answer was so clear. It was, uh, you know, there was an architectural magazine in, uh, in Bombay at the time called the Indian Architect and Builder. And I said, that would be perfect, right? I get to oh write goodness. and I get to use, you know, my education and yes. my, you know, my, what I've trained uh, what I've been trained to do. And so I picked up the phone and called uh, and called the editor of Indian Architect and Builder and said, this is my dream job and what will it take? And she said, why don't you just come in and talk to me? And I went in uh, and I talked to her for two hours. Oh <laughs> it goodness. was, um, you know, it was life changing. And that was the first time in my life that someone, so, so we talked and talked and talked and she asks me in the end, she said, so do you have the need to write? And I said, uh, oh, like you have it too. And that was the first time uh, I realized that it's a thing, you know, yes, and, and it afflicts yes. a few people. And um, it was like coming home. And that was one yes. of my fun jobs. And then I came here. I have, I, I, and then again, you know, the whole, I have a graduate degree in written communication. I kind of so 
worked as a technical writer after that for mm-hmm. almost 20 years and um and and the the fiction was still kind of not on the horizon i was writing pieces about mostly about the experience of being a mother and an immigrant and you know um yes. a woman a newlywed all of those things um i didn't um and i know this is a really <laughs> this has turned into a long-winded answer no i love this i love this i'm learning <laughs> things about you i didn't even know this is wonderful yeah, and the the fiction part of it um, happened when uh, my best friend, who is a movie producer in India, had just um, produced um, an award winning, a national award winning film, and was reading a lot of scripts. and uh, And and we've always been film buffs and talked about it like we were some sort of experts ever since we were uh-huh. very young. And uh, you know, as I I know a lot of best friends do this, but. Um, but at that point, she was like, I, how hard can it be to write a good commercial script? And I said, seriously, how hard can it be? And, you know, famous last words. Famous last <laughs> words. Yes, and, yes, yes. Exactly. And she said, well, you're a writer. You should just write me something. And I said, you know what? I am a writer. I will. And so in a month, oh I goodness. wrote a script. And at the time, I thought it was the most brilliant thing. But it's my awful book under my bed now. And, uh, uh, and it's your drawer book it's my drawer book and yes. it, um but but it it was the thing that um that that you know creating characters creating a world yeah doing that like it unlocked something, something for you yeah and it was it I mean I was hooked and yes. um, yeah walked and into was it. it was that first story a love story that first story was a love story, yes. Okay, so you... And that told me something, because for a yes. few years after that, as I took classes, as I, you know, um, checked out every craft book in the library, and as I did all of that, I was trying to write this very complicated uh, <laughs> literary novel, for lack of, like, I had I had no idea what genre even was. Right, right. Um, you know, I, I was trying to write this story about these four couples across four socioeconomic levels in India, because India is a very, you know... Um, very diverse uh, country in terms of um, of many many things, but of, of socioeconomics, of course. So I was, yes. you know, there's this, this complicated thing that one incident that kind of brings these four couples um, together, and okay. and and so I was, um, you know, I was struggling through it, and then yes. I. Um, I, I kind of, um, but I was learning and I was, you know, taking all the classes and doing all the things. And then I got sick and uh, I, I had tuberculosis and I was quarantined for a very oh long time. Before the time of us all being quarantined. I was yes, quarantined. yes, yes, yes. Look at you. You had some practice. <laughs> and it was the best thing ever because ah. I was kind of feeling so sorry for myself. And again, sure. talking to my best friend and because I was like, I, I feel so sick and I can't see anyone. And this book is just like fighting me. And she said, why don't you write something you love? <laughs> and uh. I said, oh, there's, a, there's a idea. And I had this story sitting in my head, had been for years and years and years about, um, you know, about this girl who um, spends her year in uh, boarding school in India and her summers here with her aunt and who has this, um, you know, um, tragic family past because of, which she can't go back home and and how so she has three months of normal and then you know goes to this really dark life but when she's here um you know she so, so there's this whole like finding your finding yourself and then tucking it away in one side uh, of your yes. life you know she finds um love here 
and um, at 18 for some reason they have to um, you know it's torn asunder and then 10 years later they meet at their cousin's um, wedding and uh, she he believes she's dumped him for um, you know joining and she she joins she becomes a Bollywood star and that was the Bollywood ride. And and so yes. this whole kind of, you know, intrusiveness of the media, um, this whole uh, carrying the mantle of, of uh, mental illness in your family, losing, you know, and, and basically coming back from betrayal and all those things. Um, so it, was, it had been running in my head for a while. And so it was there. And then I sat down and I wrote it. And that, that was, um, you know, when I finished it, I'm like, whoa, I have a finished novel. And Here so I then... And and then the journey of figuring publishing out started. So I think that was the luckiest thing that I wrote first and yes. thought about publishing next. And, yes. Um, yeah. You never have as much, you never have the luxury of that much time and naivete as you do your first novel, right? Exactly. When you can really just write and, it's and worry about the writing. You know, yeah. I mean, you can't, you can't, everything you know about publishing is of no use if you don't have a, have something to publish. And Correct. so, you know, I mean, nothing I or that or well, it's not useless, but it's it's more stress than some than I would have been able to it's do counterproductive. It. Yeah. Yeah. For, <laughs> especially for someone like me, because, yeah. I, you know, I mean, just focusing on that one thing and then having something to sell. I was also, yeah. you know, working on something that was completely unheard of in, uh, you know, in the market uh, from yes. the business perspective. And so if I thought too much about it. Um, I wouldn't have written what I wanted to write and I would never have written anything else. So, you know, it's, I love um, that. That's such a good point. So this idea that you, you have this really beautiful flavor to your writing, right? You write love stories uh, with a Bollywood flavor. And I, and I love that you, you, you say that you are glad that you wrote them first before you tried to sell it, right? Because you, somebody might've talked you out of writing that. And wouldn't that have been a tragedy? Yeah, I mean, even after I wrote them, when I tried to sell them, I was told they're completely unsellable. People believed. I mean, I don't know why I didn't believe it, but everyone believed they Thank were unsellable. Thank goodness you didn't. Yeah, they I mean, I, they obviously are not. <laughs> I believe that, and I always believe that. And thank you, yeah. but um, but but every every piece of messaging was at that point telling me that it is not possible. There is no readership for. Two South Asian characters, uh, you know, and and the gatekeepers between the gatekeepers between authors and readers are are so fascinating to me because um, it's so clear to me that readers want to read all sorts of things. They want to read all sorts of things and they want to not read the same story over and over again. Mm -hmm. And why the gatekeepers haven't figured that out yet, I don't know. We're constantly pushing uh, back to try to remind them. True, but I also think, you know, the world is different today than it was, so much more different today than it was seven and eight years ago. Even. What what year did a Bollywood affair sell? It was a Bollywood affair your first book? So a Bollywood affair came out first. The Bollywood Bride was written first and sold first. So they sold gotcha. in a two book deal because gotcha, as I was gotcha. trying to sell the bride, I was I had also written Affair. And then because Bride was a emotionally more complicated book, after I had written Affair, I realized and I learned the craft more. I realized I wanted to do more work on it, even though it had sold. I understand. The, so, so so that was, was what year? Yeah, 2013. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, so I started so... selling in 2011. 
So a good gotcha. 10 years ago, yeah. unrecognizable. Like we could not yes. have predicted that even this much, like this would happen, uh, you know. And, and so a whole different time. But to your point, I think that, um, you know, there is the whole gatekeepers um, doing the training, but there is a whole leadership that is trained and has to be untrained. But, you know, but, but it's just a matter of untraining and I'm, you know, and as, as the untraining, but they don't figure that out. They don't figure out that there's more to read unless we give them more to read. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But it was easy to keep it, you know, it's easy to keep it (laughs) because then everybody knows what's happening now. Now often people have no idea what's happening, which is fine (laughs) because there's opportunity for, you know, yes, um, there is for disruption. Yes. So (laughs) let's talk about your, your, this book in the context of your last three novels, right? Pride, Prejudice, and Other Flavors, Recipe for Persuasion, and now Incense and Sensibility. So clever titles, familiar titles with a little ring of familiarity. What, what's, what is it about Jane Austen that has influenced these books, your writing, or is it just homage and title only? So both. That's the yeah. that's the quick answer. But the yeah. thing is that um that Jane Austen was the first female author I read who wrote books about women who had self worth, who wanted yeah. things and got them. There was nothing yes, in yes. my childhood, and so she impacted. When did you find um, Jane Austen? When did you discover her? Middle school, middle school, okay. and through uh through a retail. My first uh, exposure was through a retelling that happened in um in India. Um, of course, I knew who she was, but Pride and Prejudice was made into an Indian TV serial, as they were called, so TV show, back in, I think, 85. And, okay. uh, you know, and it was a scene-by-scene um, translation into an Indian uh, family, um, which was actually quite, I just went back and rewatched it. And it was, it's, you know, of course, the camera work and everything is very simple, but but pretty well done. And, um, and, 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 and. That was the first time I saw a heroine who was contrary, who didn't pander, you know, all the things. And it spoke to something inside me so deeply. I went out, um, went to my school library, borrowed all her books and have read them a million times since. So I think of it more as um, her influence having uh, impacted the person I became, the woman I became, what I believed about myself. So it's not, and and books do that. And Jane Austen, so so Jane Austen is not a literary influence alone. She is for me um, an influence, you know, a a role model who made it okay to be me, for me. And so, because there were no, you know, the messaging around us was so, so contrary to, you know, to who I think I was naturally, or, or there was a lot of mixed messaging and uh, and she she spoke to what i wanted to believe about myself and right. so so these are homages i think to the lessons i learned from her about being human about relationships about how to love um about how um to laugh at rules how to laugh at the yes. society around you how not to take yourself too seriously but how not to take what you are supposed to be and what you're supposed to do seriously and um and and so um that is what these are homages to and of course she was writing contemporary tales about her time and I feel you know I hope for these to be contemporary tales that are social commentaries of our time and so um you know so so that's what it is so it's certainly not a scene by scene character by character retelling they're homages to uh you know to to what she said to me yeah so they're my stories well 
And certainly incense and sensibility is a, is a beautiful example of this contemporary, a contemporary novel, contemporary flavored novel. Tell us, I've heard it described as West Wing meets Jane Austen. It's, it's just, it's a, a gorgeous book. It's, it's a, a, you know, classic theme, but completely fresh, modern flavor. Uh, you know, Yajra, I'm, I'm not going to do justice to his name. Tell me how to, how to say his name. Yash. Yash. Yash Rajay. Yash Rajay. Um, is, is, he is a fictional politician. I think he's a fictional politician. Yes. Maybe he's inspired by somebody. <laughs> yeah. um, but he's supposed to be California's first Indian American gubernatorial ca- candidate. And um, he there's a, a shooting that opens the novel. And uh, he is having a, a crisis. Um, and he, uh, reconnects with a, um, a family friend, right? Uh, a really fabulous character, India Dashwood. And, um, she, she's a stress management coach, which I absolutely love that. I think that's, that's, don't we all need a stress management coach in our lives? And especially one like India would be really nice, right? Oh, she's a fabulous <laughs> character. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's one of the things I love about your novels are the characters. You just become so immersed in them. They're so fresh and interesting. Um, the dialogue is always so fabulous. What, how did this particular story come to be in Sense and Sensibility? So first, thank you. That's <laughs> really good to hear, especially from, you know, a writer as skilled as yourself. But Aww. yay. All right. So um, it is. So this was a big dream of mine to write my four favorite Jane Austen novels under one story umbrella and one story universe. Yeah. And uh, for, for many, many reasons, um, you know, I had this, so the Raji family came to me, which is this politically ambitious Indian American family in the Bay Area that's descended from Indian royalty. So, you know, they were, um, the Indian Kennedys is probably like the easiest most um lazy way to describe it <laughs> but there you have it <laughs> but um so so the oldest so the books are actually set under the arc of um Yash's gubernatorial run so when he it, it kicks off in the first book when he announces his candidacy and it goes through the election and mm-hmm. this book is uh, so so Yash through the series is this um you know this seemingly perfect um, man. So he, you know, he has everything anyone would ever want. Um, he is, in, he's incredibly noble. He has the best intentions. But the main thing is he knows exactly what he wants out of life. It's yeah. been, you know, pre, his, the path has been set for him, but he is 100% on board with that path. Yes, right, and, right. Until, and, and, and we always see him as this, you know, this, this, the way that we are impressed by the politicians we are impressed by the charisma the you know the seeming nobility the speaking to our you know um our ideals all of that and um and i i wanted to play with that a little bit and and yeah. hyper successful people who uh, seem to have everything and that's what he seems like through you know to to everybody and some of that is true but um but but there's a lot he's put away to be that person for everyone and a little bit for himself too so right. when when this um this hate crime happens at his rally and it injures um his bodyguard and friend then it it just for the first time he is completely thrown off his game completely thrown off his game and everything that he's suppressed um you know everything he's believed like it's all suddenly a lie 
and right. um, and I kind of wanted to play with that how how yes. this illusion of perfection is and what it takes you know what it takes from us especially because in a lot of Im- immigrant communities to make a new home home our excellence is stressed to a level of uh you know having um of having the kind of pr- pressure that can you know explode you <laughs> so yes, it's yes. and that's exactly kind of where uh, where he is and and um while he it, nobody has forced him into any of this there's still um all of that and um and so that was you know so those were the things that um that I was exploring on a Jane Austen um level i uh, think that sense and sensibility is the hardest of austen's novels to translate across time because yes. uh because the core conflict is based on a relationship taboo so we no longer live in a time that you can't leave a relationship you know for right. social reasons and right, so right right uh, right how interesting right yeah, right so right. it makes no sense and so i wanted to uh kind of play with that a little bit and see if i could if there can be a situation where um it is socially unacceptable uh for um uh, you know for for you to let a relationship you know for whatever reason you've been in it a relationship you no longer want what right. would be the reasons that you would get stuck in a relationship so i had a little bit of fun with that i yeah. also um think edward ferris is a is is the we- in modern you know in modern times the weakest of austen's heroes because the world has changed in his time his nobility meant something in our time he just doesn't have a spine right and so right. so i always think of yash as edward with um uh, can i say with balls sure <laughs> <laughs> so i was playing with a lot of those things and 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 i think lastly one of the things that was very important to me and um it always was but i think the fact that this book was written in 2020 it became a little bit um, more so was yeah. you know the truth and its uh, place in in our day-to-day lives right because we um every one of us tells at least like 10 untruths in some way through a day yeah. to ourselves to someone little things right i mean yes, i'm full i completely when i'm agree not full that. yeah or that's tasty when it's not like little little yes. little little things and yes and and i wrote politics. a book about that why we lie is all about that <laughs> yes. why we why lie, we lie. It's even well, what it that. mean to not ever be able to lie anymore <laughs> lie, right yes i actually tried to experiment with that when i was younger uh, uh, and you know and 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 it can it can be very cruel and it can be you know i mean you yes. don't want to be telling people exactly yes. do know, we really want to live in a world like <laughs> that i don't know if we do yeah exactly but but where is the line where is the other end right. of that and, right. and politics is the other end of that because yeah. we let so much go to get yes. our guy in uh, and ev- both sides you know and so yes. with this book it does not matter i think which side you're on because we all look the other way yeah we all look the other way on something because the bigger thing seems so so the larger the greater good yeah. seems you know more important more to us important. and it is it is you know yeah. and but but where is the line for that and what does that mean and so i i actually wanted to um to see what that looked like um where you had a man who was actually struggling um to be or who who genuinely wanted to be a public servant but how that line kind of um had faded in his own life um yes you know through his journey and how and and how he got it back and of course some of it i mean it's it's fiction and i wish life were that simple but it shouldn't right. be that unsimple either and so so those are the things i think i kind of 
was really looking to play with. Well, you teased us with, uh, <laughs> you said four. Your dream is to have four books under the umbrella. So what's next? Is there a fourth novel that yes. we can look forward to? So tell us. Yes. So the, the my four were Pride and Prejudice, Re- uh, Persuasion, Sense and Sensibility, and Emma. Uh, those were the four that I read, um, you know, and connected with. And those have always been really big parts, you know, of my um, of my life. And so those were the ones that I wanted to do. And I, from day one, that was my, um, you know, th- that was the arc of this series. And so the fourth one comes out in May next year, so 2022. Oh, so exciting. uh, Yeah. Yeah. And that was also, I mean, I was a little baffled by the title, but I think we have the title and I'm just not sure of it yet. But the word Emma is in the title, which was scary because I was like, how am I going to do that? (laughs) You know, and uh, because it's a name, but I think think we got something clever enough. And (laughs) (laughs) so, so, yeah, it's, yeah, that one is, I think, I think Emma is a story of, um, you know, of, of the relationship between having an excess and charity so how how when we have too much we believe uh you know what is what is the relationship between having too much and thinking you know how to fix everybody else's problems yeah and and, you know what is uh yeah so it's kind of it's so so it's not about matchmaking (laughs) right 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 uh, right um, but but Emma's matchmaking is not about matchmaking Emma's matchmaking is about you know using her privilege to help a friend quote-unquote help a friend out and um and and yeah and so Vanch, the youngest brother in this um in this family has for the past 10 years been uh, all over the world on charitable missions that's the kind of guy he is so he's as delightful as emma he is you know this he's impossible not to love um but uh, he has a few things to learn about you know what that means what he's been looking for right Oh, well, we can't wait. Sonali, <laughs> thank you, you so much. We are so, I just, um, we've, we're so lucky to have you realize your dream of publishing these four novels. They are a delight and I can't wait to read the next one. I'm so grateful for your time talking with us too. Tell everyone the best way to keep in touch with you and to make sure that they're the first to know when the new novel is released. Uh, thank you, Amy. It was so much fun to talk to you. And so, of course, the you know, Tall Poppy Writers is a good place yeah. to know what's happening with all of us. Um, and um, so, so I always host um, Bloom when I have a release. Bloom is our Tall Poppy Writer um, Facebook group. But I am on uh, Instagram um, as Sonali Dev. Um, I think it's Sonali.dev. I'm on uh, Facebook. I have a writer group called Dev Nation. Uh, and Dev Nation, Dev Nation, yes. Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. So that's mostly, you know, I mean, if you read my books and you enjoy them, it's more a direct connection of um people who read the books and want to know more. And um, there's uh there's a newsletter which is on my website, which is sonapidev.com, and my, and food is a large part of almost all of my um stories, and you get a free recipe e-booklet when you sign up. Perfect. So everyone go do that. Grab your copy of Incense and Sensibility. Thank you so much, Sonali. Thank you, everyone. And be sure to rate this um, and review this podcast if you liked it. If you didn't, just keep scrolling. And we will uh, make sure that you're following us on Apple Podcasts and make sure you're following us on Spotify as well. And thank you so much to Sonali. I am so grateful for your time. 